In the spirit of uh, Family Day, I thought that maybe we could begin uh, my talk this morning with a little bit of a reading from Dr. Seuss, the big green book of beginner books. I, I was driving around literally last night with all my kids in the van. This is a book that travels around in our van all the time. And I was driving them around listening to one of my daughters read one of these books uh, to another one of my daughters. It's called Maybe You Should Fly a Jet, Maybe You Should Be a Vet. And it's a book all about kind of exploring the options of what uh, you're going to be when you grow up. It's just sort of um, laying out a whole bunch of options. And the funny thing was that my daughter who was reading this book, she wasn't just reading it to her sister. She was actually treating it kind of like a guidance counselor interview. So every time she would read something, she would pause and let her sister kind of answer the question. So she says, you know, just picking up in the middle, would you rather work in a mountain town or in the desert lower down? My daughter said, nah, I think the desert, that sounds safer. A pet shop owner, money loaner, how about a slide tromboner? Ah, uh, pet shop owner, I like dogs. Okay, how about a perfume smeller? How about a fortune teller? Mm, both, I think. All right. You could be a turkey farmer. You could be a teacher. Oh, I'll be a teacher. I like being a teacher. Okay, and then this page. You could be a lot of things. How about a preacher? And I, my ears just shot way up, right? Because I thought, here it is. This is the moment that I've been waiting for my whole life where my daughter says, you know what? I'd love to do what my dad does, and I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to be a preacher, Right? So you could be a lot of things. How about a preacher? My daughter says, uh, what's the picture with that you could be a lot of things? And her sister says, oh, it's like circus performer, see? It's like, yeah, I'll be circus performer. I was like, oh. <laughs> Here it is. That's it. My whole vision for my daughter's future just shot, you know. Preacher, yeah, I'll do whatever the other thing is, and I don't even know what that is. <laughs> But it was funny, I was listening to it with this incredible curiosity because we have a lot invested in who our kids are becoming, right? And when I say our kids, by the way, I'm not talking about mom and dad and their little kids, little nuclear family or whatever. Nuclear families are an invention of the 20th century. I just mean our kids, all the kids that we're lovingly connected to, whether that's our kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, whether we're uncles and aunts or friends who might as well be uncles and aunts. It's just all the kids that we're lovingly connected to, just thinking about great families and growing great kids, whatever. And we have so much invested in who they, uh, in who they are becoming. Um, not just in terms of what they're going to do for a living, but the kind of the kind of person they're becoming. And I, and I know that because I have this conversation with people around our church periodically. We're all connect with somebody. I'll say, so why did you start coming to Southridge? And they say, well, you know, we started to have kids. And then we began to think maybe, you know, maybe we should go to church for the kids' sake. You know, we want them to grow up and have some values. And, and we just thought that being a part of a church would be an important part of that. And so we, and so we came back to church. And, and there's a, a number of you who are in that same boat with this intuitive sense that a part of growing great kids and a part of our kids becoming who we want them to become is can be connected to what happens in an environment like this. I, I think about a, a verse like Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. I mean, listen to what it says about who we're becoming. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
bear with each other and forgive one another if anyone has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. I mean, just think about that description. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, um, all under the banner of love. Who wouldn't want the kids that we're connected to uh, to become those kinds of people? And we live with this suspicion that being in an environment like this is a part of that. Actually, the, the passage goes on Verse 15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Members of one body is referring to participating in a community of faith like this one. That becoming those kinds of compassion, kind, humble, gentle, patient, forgiving, loving people, becoming that kind of people is intimately connected to participating in a community like this one. He goes on to say, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. He's talking about environments like this on Sunday mornings. Not just being a part of the community, but being a part of a worshiping community. Um, participating and hearing the teachings of Christ and, and sinking those down in our spirits by the way that we sing and pray in song together. And then he says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just this idea of fostering a life that is Jesus-focused, that all of these things, participating in the community, participating in worship, developing this devotion to a Jesus-shaped life in the context like this, this is all a part of how we're growing great families and growing great kids, you know, in the kids that we're connected to. And I think all of that is true and important and wise, and yet, Lately, as I've been thinking about it, I just, I've been thinking more and more that there's actually probably something even more fundamental, something even more basic to what it looks like to grow, you know, great families and, and great kids among the kids that we are lovingly connected to. The verse that's been rolling around in my head as maybe for me increasingly the most fundamental, the most basic maxim when it comes to how my kids are becoming the people I want them to become is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, where it says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. In one translation, it says, follow me as I follow Christ. This idea that's been rolling around in my head is that in essence, my kids, the way they're going to become the people that I, you want your kids to become and so on, the way they're gonna become those people is in as much as they're following us in as much as we're following Jesus. This, this verse kind of describes this great chain of becoming. You know, that starts with, Jesus, with who Jesus is. Jesus is central to the whole thing. I mean, if you think about our study in the Gospel of Matthew, you think about the things that Jesus taught, his vision for what a, a human life well-lived looks like. Um, when you think about how Jesus lived, how he enacted that life in his human life, just about who Jesus was, this person who always followed the way of love, of um, loving God and being loved by God. 
uh, of loving himself and of loving the people around him so they as a community could love the world. It's, it's fundamentally at its core, that's who Jesus is. And Paul says that in, in terms of his life, his fundamental commitment is to follow that example, to follow Jesus. In fact, uh, the Greek word, follow my example, the Greek word is actually mimetai. Uh, we get our English word mimic. Paul says, my life commitment is to mimic Jesus, to become an imitator of Jesus' way of life, a copycat of how Jesus lived. My fundamental life commitment, Paul says, is to be a Jesus impersonator, right? That I am going to live my life in every way that I possibly can in order to model everything I do after the imitation of Jesus. And then he turns to this church in Corinth and he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to mimic me in the way that I mimic Jesus. I want you to imitate me in the way that I imitate Jesus. You become an impersonator of me as I become an impersonator of Jesus. And as Paul says, this is how we're going to get there. As I mimic Jesus and you mimic me, we're all going to be growing towards the people that God always dreamed that we could be. The, the principle that I've been waking up to in increasing ways in my life is just the bare bones fact that my kids in who they're becoming are actually just mimicking who I already am and who I am becoming. And if I want my kids to become the sort of kids that we were talking about, the sort of people we were talking about before, compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness and love, if this is who I want my kids to become, kids who increasingly look like the person of Jesus, that's gonna happen in them in as much as they are mimicking me as I am mimicking Jesus. They are imitators of me. That's what was so profoundly disheartening with my girls and reading the book. I was hoping that one of them was gonna say, I wanna follow in my dad's footsteps. The reality is that every single one of them, whether they like it or not, is following in my footsteps, in Krista's footsteps, and in the footsteps of the other adults that are connected lovingly to my kids. And you can see it every day. You can see it in the way that they walk in circles while they talk on their phone, which is something that they learned from me. You can see it in my one daughter who volunteers to clean up the basement all by herself because that gives her the chance to sort all the toys into the right bins, something that she inherits pretty honestly from uh, not her dad, but from her mother. The kids are mimicking us. And the way they become the people we want them to be is they mimic us as we mimic Jesus. And so as I was thinking about this family day, I thought my encouragement is really nothing more profound or more complicated than let's mimic Jesus for our kids' sakes. Let's, let's because we want our kids to grow up and be these kinds of people, let's double down on our own commitment to becoming these people ourselves in the way that we nurture our spiritual habits, right? The ways that we pursue becoming like Jesus through our personal individual habits. Uh, Krista will tell me, um, and has told me many times, that one of her um, central core memories 
uh, to quote inside out, uh, of her growing up uh, with her parents is seeing her mom's Bible sitting on the dining room table pretty well all the time if they weren't eating. She'd say, you know, she's not sure how often she actually saw her mom reading her Bible, but, but that symbolic presence of the Bible on the dining room table beside the, you know, the half-empty cup of coffee that, that silently communicates mom was here and she was reading and praying and pursuing her life with Jesus. And Krista will say that has profoundly shaped the way she thinks about what it looks like to pursue a life in relationship with Jesus. And even in her less consistent moments of her own Bible reading and prayer, that image of her mom's Bible on the table and the way that it impacted her drives her um, to want to become that kind of person for the sake of our kids. For me, I was thinking about a year ago, uh, I'm not always the most consistent person with prayer. And about a year ago, I switched a bunch of things up in my prayer life to try something fresh. And, And so I started praying with a Catholic prayer book, which has you praying, you know, several times throughout the day for just 15, 20 minutes at a time. And so there were times a year ago where, you know, I would be you know, in the middle of something with my kids or just ending something with my kids, I'd say to them, listen, I just want to go to my room and I just want to pray for 20 minutes and then I'll be right back and we can go and play that game or do whatever it is we were doing. Or I'd be in my room praying and one of the girls would come in and I'd say, listen, just give me five minutes. I'm just finishing praying. And as, as I got into that rhythm or as that became a conversation we had around the house, I began to think, I wonder how this is shaping my girls to hear their dad say, you know, with some regularity, I just, give me a few minutes. I just want to go and pray. And then in seasons, uh, like more regularly or more recently now, in seasons where I've been less consistent, I think, I wonder how it shapes my kids to never hear their dad say that. But I want to challenge them. What ways, what spiritual habits do you need to cultivate intentionally so that you can mimic Jesus and, and invite your kids into mimicking you? It's about not just our personal habits, it's about forming spiritual community. What does the spiritual community around you look like that is supporting you and encouraging you and holding you accountable in your own journey of mimicking Jesus? Um, In one place in the Bible, it describes the connection between spiritual community, a place of safety and honesty and vulnerability, and our ability to experience healing, to become whole, complete people. It says, you know, if you confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, there will be healing. This idea that if I have a place where I feel safe to be honest in order to ask or to tell what, what it is to confess, what it is that's really going on inside of me into a community of support that can encourage me and hold me accountable and pray for me, that's how we stay on the journey of becoming. Who's a part of your spiritual community that's urging you on, that's cheering you on in your mimicking of who Jesus is? Who are the, who are the mentors? Who are the people that you're looking to? Who, people who are mimicking Jesus for you and, and inspiring and inviting you to mimic them as they mimic Jesus. Who are, who are those folks who are blazing the way, whether formally or informally, who are, who are drawing you forward in your own journey of mimicking Jesus? Because our kids are going to mimic us 
as we mimic Jesus. Not just in the way that we cultivate you know, and pursue our spirituality ourselves, but in the way that we put that on display for our kids, the way we live that out with them and in front of them. Right? I've had this thought recently that my kids, their impression of who God is, is going to be primarily formed by what I model to them, what I and the other adults of, of spiritual significance in their lives, what we collectively model in how we relate to our kids. That's how our kids are drawing conclusions about the way that God relates to them. It's a terrifying thought, especially for the, uh, like the kind of week that I've had this week with my girls, some of them. It hasn't been a it hasn't been one of those banner weeks of being a dad. And, and then one of the things I begin to reflect on is what, what messages are they internalizing about what God is like on, based on how I'm relating to them? Are they sensing that God is loving and intimate and involved and engaged and caring and um, even caring enough to discipline well and lovingly? Are, are they getting that sense of who God is that he's gracious and forgiving and accepting? Or... Or are they getting the sense that God is angry and aloof and distant, that he's demanding and disappointed, that he's harsh and inflexible? What, um, what are they learning about who God is like and how God wants to relate to them by the way that I'm relating to them? What messages am I sending my kids about who Jesus is? Or uh, what messages am I sending to, to kids about who God is by the way that we interact with the world beyond our family and our circle of people who are lovingly connected to us? You know, if I think back to my childhood, one of the blazing memories that sticks out for me is my parents' constant and eager generosity. Um, the Bible says in the book of Acts that in the early days of the church that no one considered them, the, the stuff that they had to be private property. They said everything was just sort of public property. I mean, not that they lived in communism or anything like that, but it was just sort of uh, mikase sukase, like whatever I have belongs to you. It's not mine. It's for the all of us, right? And my parents, in a lot of ways, lived that spirit of radical generosity. What, a, what do we have at our disposal that could be used by somebody else in order to meet a need that they have? And that was profoundly shaping for me in terms of how I think about how I steward and manage the stuff that I have. Um, it shaped my sense of what it meant to live meaningfully as a person of faith in the world. And then I asked myself the question, what messages are my girls getting about, about what it means to live meaningfully in the world as a person of faith from how we live as a family? From how we participate with anchor causes, how we participate with Compassion Canada, how we, and sponsoring children, how we... Uh, open our home in hospitality, how we show radical generosity to other people or don't. I guess this is, I mean, this is the thing that I've been grappling with for the last little while is just this reality that as, as important as it is to be, for us to be participating in environments like this and as, as much as God uses environments like this to shape all of us, in 10 or 20 years, my kid's life 
and character and faith is not going to look like their MS group leader. It's not going to look like their, uh, their riot leaders or their, their student leaders. It's not going to look like their life group leaders, the youth pastor. In 10 or 20 years, my kid's faith is going to look like mine. And so in what ways am I, are you, are we, in what ways are we intentionally mimicking Jesus and inviting our kids to mimic us as we all grow together into the kind of people that God is creating us to be? And I'll tell you something, friends. The real magic happens when both of those things come together. When families are intentional about parents and and other uh, adults lovingly connected to families are intentional about mimicking Christ in their own lives and inviting their kids into mimicking Christ in their lives and then bringing in the other piece of being connected to the church community and what God is doing amongst us in all of us. And I'll tell you, I've seen um, this happening in some good friends of ours who go to the Vineland location in the way that they're um, just growing and an amazing family and growing some great kids. And I just, I'd love for you to hear the story about the kinds of things that God can do in the sort of life that we've been talking about this morning. So check out this story.